The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Dude, I am so freaking excited for the show today. And I'll tell you why. There is a show that is uh, on Netflix right now that is, well, one of the most popular shows on Netflix. And we are going to have one of the stars from that show on this show. If you haven't seen Schitt's Creek, then, well, I hate you because it is one of the best shows out there right now. It's winning tons of awards. The cast is ridiculous. I mean, we're talking Eugene Levy. We're talking Catherine O'Hara. We're talking Dan Levy. And we're also talking Emily Hampshire. She plays Stevie on Schitt's Creek, and she is going to be on the show today. Do we have a teaser for uh, the last episode or the last season? As lucky as I feel to have met David, I also feel incredibly lucky to be joining your family. <laughs> you know, maybe there's something more out there for oh me. My God, <laughs> Thank you, bro. Oh. There is value in these motels. My family and I have been staying in a motel for the past three years. And I wouldn't trade our stay there for anything. Aww. Anyways, I'm so freaking excited. I love Stevie's character, and I'm super pumped to get actually meet the person who created it. So coming up in just a couple of minutes, Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek will be on the Wells cast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. 
For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wells cast. Wells hanging out in the Burbank iHeart studios. So excited for today's guest. It's Emily Hampshire from the show Shits Creek. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Your voice sounds super cool right now. I know. It's really hot. Yeah. And I got this voice from the Golden Globes parties. Okay. So I was at the Globes last night. You don't have a sexy voice. Eh. No, you have all the time. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. All- <laughs> I mean, you're in radio. Yeah. So, yeah. Emily Hampshire, live on the Wells cast. Uh, yeah. That's how every radio DJ sounds. <laughs> Wait, so what parties did you go to? Um, I went in style. I was there. Why didn't we see each other? I don't know. We probably did. Okay, probably because I was at the food table and yeah. you weren't. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair. Fair. Um, uh, did you see Snoop Dogg? Yes, and Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love the way it sounded. I'm yeah, it sorry. sounds this so great. This is, like, really great. Um, <laughs> hope I never get better. Um, yeah, Martha Stewart. Okay, Snoop Dogg. Uh-huh. Wait, was there something? I didn't see him. Leonardo DiCaprio was He was, was there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you see Joaquin Phoenix? I didn't. So, uh... My fiance and I were walking the carpet. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And uh, so, like, this is how this this works. So, for everyone 
this, this, for people that don't know, this is how this works. When your fiance is famous, they're nice enough to let you go do the carpet with her for cutesy pictures. And then they say this thing, which is, it sounds nice. It says, hey, can we have a glam shot? Which means, hey, get the hell out of the and frame, And hold my kid. purse. Yes. Unless it's a fancy purse that I want it, show it. Yes. So I was I was told to get the hell out, uh, off the carpet so we get glam shots. And then, so I'm, I turn around, I'm laughing That about implies this. that you're not glam, but anyways. Exactly. Okay. And I thought I looked damn good, by the way. I'm going to see pictures. So now. then I, so I'm, I, I walk off the carpet and then the, our, our friends are there. So I'm laughing because I was like, I just got kicked off the carpet. Uh, and then I turn around and who's behind us in line is Joaquin Phoenix. So she turns and sees him and she loses her shit. But she's stuck doing glam shots. Yes, but and so then she looks at Joaquin Phoenix, and ju- that, I think she doesn't know what to do. Yeah, like, as I, one would. Yeah, so she to bows to him. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's holding his golden globe, so he bows back. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it looks like he's got a lightsaber. Oh, you my know? God. This is the best image ever. So this morning, she was like going through like the Getty images, and the... The the photo of her bowing and him bowing, but looking like he's like knighting her with a lightsaber. Oh my god! Is what she posted, and then I posted the cutie picture of us uh, together. Yes, of course, and she's also going to blow that one up and put it in not the cutie cutie picture, the yeah. lightsaber picture, and yeah. put it in your your house. Do you get starstruck? You know, uh, my makeup artist was asking me that before. She's like, "Who are you starstruck to see?" And I, I really don't. I was trying to think of someone. I think I would be. Um, like seeing, I don't know, like Paul Thomas Anderson or something like a like a director that yeah. I'm, um, or I'm. Oh, actually, no, I was starstruck once. It was Jane Fonda. Okay. I'm a huge fan, and we were on a plane together, and I spent the entire plane ride writing this letter to her and there was turbulence and it was on the back of like I had a scrap of paper it was like a letter from a crazy person (laughs) and I regret to this day giving it to her I'm so embarrassed that I did that but so Jane Fonda I it's just it was out of love but so I was starstruck there but otherwise I don't really uh yeah I don't like I like seeing like Martha Stewart that's cool and stuff but no, I don't. Do you? Well, first of all, you're in luck because Jane Fonda, huge fan of this show, so she's. Oh my god, this. are you serious? No, <laughs> no. I'm dumb. <laughs> um, do oh. I? Do I guess like like Meryl Streep? I feel like is, is is someone that like I feel like everyone gets starst or like Tom Hanks is another one. Well, you know, I actually met Tom Hanks at a party once, and he makes you not starstruck. Yeah. Him and his wife are like they. They are what everybody says, like the nicest people. So I don't know how you could have that weird starstrucky thing yeah. in front of him. Like we're best friends. We're actually not. Are you? Like I met him once. Hey, Tom. Even, he doesn't remember. Yeah. I do because <laughs> I was starstruck. <laughs> but um, no, I don't. Um, yeah. Oh, well, but I was saying to my makeup artist, I'm like, maybe, I guess maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Not thinking he would ever be there. And then he, and then he was there, but I didn't meet him. So I didn't know if I, I haven't had the opportunity to find out if I would genuinely be starstruck yeah. by Leo. So maybe he could call me up and we'll see. We'll okay. test it. Leo, also a huge fan <laughs> huge of the Huge fan of the show. <laughs> Did you know, everyone's a fan of this show. Um, I don't know if... You know what the premise of this show is, um, and it's totally fine if you don't. 
the idea is is that I like to find out where people came from. It's like an origin story. Oh. Because for, I think for a lot of people out there that like admire celebrities um, or famous people or whatever, um, it's cool that like they know them when, you know, like you got on Shit's Creek or Shit's Creek or, or you know, 12 Monkeys or something like that. But I think they're like, well, how did you get there? You oh, know? I love listening. I'm going to, not that I haven't listened to your well, show before. You know, Meryl and uh, yeah, Jane yeah. and yeah, Leo. All, I just can't wait to <laughs> hear their it. origin story here. No, but that's so cool. I'm fascinated by that, especially because like I'm from Canada and I've been an actor since I was like, 12 yeah and in canada there's definitely a community of actors that you're like it's very blue collar it's workers and it's not um there isn't really much of a star system and if you do become known you go to the states so i like that aspect of of i know that people who are overnight famous it's not overnight for sure unless it actually was it's funny we had Paul Schaefer on the show uh, a fellow Canadian oh my god I went to a very funny dinner with Paul Schaefer and Eugene Levy they're best friends yeah yeah, it's funny because he was actually because they did um, some musical like in Toronto way back in the day yeah in high school like yeah uh, it was a Godspell they started singing it stop it yes they started doing their parts it was amazing (laughs) It's so weird how Eugene has all these friends from Toronto, like um, Martin Short and yeah. uh, Steve Martin. Oh, he wasn't from Toronto, but they all kind of like work together, but like in theater and yeah. musicals and with Catherine, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean that that episode's crazy because he talks about like doing theater in Toronto, and then all of them being like, "Well, we got to go to New York," and then they yeah. all go to New York, and then like SNL's happening and or starting and. So it's crazy. So you're you're from Canada. Mm-hmm. Where are you from exactly? Montreal. Okay. And you said you started acting when you were 12? Yeah. That was my first, like, professional thing. Why did you want to get into it? Um, It was kind of twofold. I um, My mom took me to see Les Mis. Okay. And it felt like I left the earth and I wanted to be Eponine. Yeah. Um, not Cosette. I wanted to be the, like, you know, sad one. Um, <laughs> anyways... Uh, and so I wanted to do that. I was like obsessed with musicals, uh, but I'm not like a singer, dancer, whatever. And then I joined this acting group and, uh, a teacher of mine went to the show and said I was funny and it like changed my life. It kind of made me, well, maybe a little OCD from that point on. All I did was like acting. I wrote a contract with myself that I will only spend one hour a day in not acting activities I highlighted entire acting books, like, so to the point where you did. It was just yellow pages. Yeah. There's, there's no highlighting anymore. You have to re-highlight. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just uh, did acting. And then a casting director saw me in one of those plays and cast me in my first thing, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which Stop some, it. Yeah. And I did two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark playing different girlfriend number one and girlfriend number two and they are now on YouTube and people have been posting them. Dude, I was obsessed with that. Goosebumps yes. and Are You Afraid of the Dark were like, but also kind of scary. Kind of, Very scary when you're that age. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's very scary is it was my my first Are You Afraid of the Dark. Um, what I had to do was go over to the boy's house and make out with him. And oh. I wanted to be very professional. And I went up to the director. I remember, and I'm like, okay, so do you want a um, 
a, a kiss with tongue. Uh, a lot of it, like this must have been horrifying to him. I was like 12. Okay, yeah, you're, so you're 12 years old. Have you ever made out with someone before? Twelve? What grade is? That? Oh yeah, Coronado behind the nice. church. Yeah, Dang it. everybody showed up to watch to watch it. Yeah, everyone showed up to watch. It was like a, an event. Yeah, <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was like a fight. Like yeah, after the after, school yard, after school. Yeah, <laughs> it was after detention. Yeah, um, and because Corey was. A bad, bad, hot guy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Everyone named Corey in, like, the early 90s was, oh, was the hot, bad yes, guy. Right? Yes, yes, Corey yes, Haim, yes. Corey oh, Feldman, God. Corey Nato. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I have to send him this. <laughs> yeah, are you still friends with him? Well, what's weird is his wife yeah. actually Instagrammed me and was like, I'm married to Corey. He was your first kiss. Mm-hmm. And I'm and she's so lovely. And so we're friends now. <laughs> okay, we're gonna cool. steal his wife. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you do Sorry, that was a no, real no, no, side joke. No, it was great. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> origin. That's my or- origin of my first kiss. Yeah. Which is like because later on in the episode, we'll do rapid fire questions. It's always first kiss. So now oh. I gotta wrap it, take uh, yeah. that one off. Um so you're doing uh Are You for the Dark? Yes. And so you go up and talk to the director, and it's like, okay, so is this a peck? Is this French? Yeah, yeah, fr- French, and I describe French as yeah. like with tongue, without. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember his reaction, whatever. But like, anyways, I can't even remember what ended up happening. But um, that was my first part, and then from then on, I oh, I got, and then I got my first movie, um, in Montreal. And the premiere of that movie was happening in Toronto, and the producer was driving to the big Hollywood North. And I was like, <laughs> please, can I come? And it sounds so, like, ridiculous story that I actually, like, took a ride with him to Toronto and just yeah. stayed. And I um, I still have the same agent that I had then. I was living in her basement then in Toronto working and. um yeah, we. I was our first client, and we are still together now. Wow. Yeah. That is not the norm. I feel not like. the norm. I mean, I've I've had different other people along the way, yeah. but she's um yeah she's always been there. Okay, so hold on. I feel like we jumped around. So yeah. you do um are you for the dark, and then you book a a movie role. Mm-hmm. Um, how so? How old you're you're twelve on Are You for the Dark? How old are you when you booked the movie role? Uh, I was definitely. Under, I think I was, the, oh, okay, I think I was 14. I'm going by, because the time I started dating that guy, I was underage and yep. nobody knew. And okay. Yeah, so I was 14. Okay, so you're 14. You're... <laughs> I'm sorry, my publicist just gave me the worst look <laughs> I've ever received. It's worse than the look he gave me when I started eating these Milano cookies. <laughs> oh my goodness, sorry. Wait, so you're 14 years old and you're you're living in your agent's basement? Um, yeah. It, it I mean, does she, sound scary. I know it does. <laughs> it, 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 um, well, not full time. Like I was, I stayed there for a bit until I could get an apartment because you can't get an apartment until you're like 16. So what are your parents saying at this point? I don't think they really had a choice in the matter. I was very, very much like. I guess I realized later it's a mental problem, but I was very like, I'm doing this. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. This is all I care about. And and just so myopic in that nothing else existed for me. So um yeah, if anything, they were they were 
not unsupportive. Like they couldn't have done anything. Uh, yeah, I think. Okay, so you're. That's bonkers to me that your parents would be like, "All right, I don't know." She wrote a contract with herself at twelve, so we yeah. got we got to honor it. I well, guess. Well, but I was also I just made my own money. I think I was also was it bad teenager. Yeah. I was like making my own money. I'm gonna get make my own rules. Yeah, and and like I just like I very much wanted to. I mean, always from when I was a kid, I wanted, I fantasized about making the shed into my own place with running water. And I like stole a paper towel roll and I put it up and I'm like, I have a paper towel roll and I live here alone. I can do what I want. Emily, that's a fort. No, I know, it's a fort. But with with imaginary running water and a real life paper towel roll. It's different. <laughs> and in Canada, forts are made out of snow. Yeah, fair. So, <laughs> fair okay, so you go to the Hollywood of the North, mm-hmm. Toronto, with your agent. Well, no, not with my. Sorry, no. I that that was confusing. So i I was doing a. Um, I started in this acting group that would do shows in Montreal and shows in Toronto. Okay, and when um, and I had an the, the agent used to do these shows and then she sold her agency to my agent now this is very calm this is too complicated that's why i didn't say it no but it's interesting <laughs> but anyways and so technically my current agent was i was forced upon her cuz i was okay. living in that basement and then she took over the agency and it was in a house at the time and so i was just like i came with the building um, but yes, because I, uh... <laughs> so there's this girl, she comes to the building. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> she like really wants thing. a paper towel like, roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a really, it's such a great price for this house. All you have to do is feed the woman who lives upstairs. <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just stay there. Yeah. When I think about it now, and I've spoken to people about it before, like when I see 16 year olds, even yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you're such a baby. But I really thought I was an adult and i i guess there is a thing about like when you're making your own money yeah. and as an actor you don't make like like monopoly money or even canadian tire money we have that you don't know what that is no. but um so yeah i w- i just was very if i was my own daughter i wouldn't let me do that yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting cuz like my fiance is an actress as well and she was a, a, like a kid actor and it's a, the, very similar stories. And what's her name? Doing? Her name's Sarah Highland. She's on oh, uh, the yeah. show Modern Family. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, she's lovely. Yeah, thank you. Good work. Yes, I know. I lucked out. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a it's a similar thing because like when I think back of like when I was sixteen, I wasn't driven to like one thing. I was like, well, I don't know what I wanted to do. I had a radio show, but I was like, that's fun. But also like maybe I want to make money, so I don't want to be in radio. You know, like. Um, but I do think that the common denominator between, um, like, my fiance and, and you and maybe other child actors is you're so, like, laser beam focused on one thing that it doesn't really matter. Like, for me, I, I was drinking and smoking cigarettes and, like, they were, like, things that were, I thought at, at that time were more important, you know, whereas you guys were, like, zzz, 
kids were doing oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed with, like, I had friends who were actors at the time and who aren't actors anymore mm-hmm. because they could do more important things in the world. Yeah. And But, like, I didn't even graduate high school. Like, I left and went, except Entertainment Tonight Canada took me back to high school once and they <laughs> had my picture up and pretended I did. So uh, yeah? Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> they say the diploma? Yeah, well, because you take those before you graduate. Okay. And I didn't. I left before then. Got it. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely for me laser focused. And I do think there's something to be said about that. Like, if you don't have a thing to fall back on, you don't fall back. And like, I've only ever been an actor like that's how I've made uh I've never had a job job which worries me because there's been times where it's been tough Mm -hmm. but I've only ever like had I had cashier training for three days for a movie I did a target I learned how to do those things swipe the things Uh all my fantasies are like having a cubicle having a lunch (laughs) hour like I Love that stuff. So, yeah, I've never, that's it. That's all I do. What was your, what was the role that you felt like was your kind of big break? Um, I feel like I've had different milestone breaks. Like um, my my first, the first movie that I did that went to TIFF, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, was, um, that was a big break at the time. It was like me and Sean Astin starring in a movie, and like nobody saw that movie. But at the time, that was big. Um, and I remember when I did. Um, then I got. Uh, uh, I think it, there were all little, little kind of movies along the way. Ultimately, Shit's Creek has been the thing. Yeah. But what I like is that all along the way, there's been little steps up. So. Now, when I have a, I don't know, if I go to Cannes or um, some festival, it's not like I've done this before so many times when nobody, like, notices or anything. So you can kind of practice and yeah. it's not so crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think there, there was a movie, Snow Cake, I did with um, Alan Rickman. And, oh, cool. Yeah, and Sigourney Weaver. Whoa. Um, and Alan, uh, like, remained... Like, I I had, like, I don't know, six days on that movie. It was a really short thing, but it was just me and Alan in a car. And he, from that point on, would, like, call me at very least once a month, check in, see how I am. I kept wondering, like, what's the catch here? Why is he being so nice? And every time he'd come to L.A., he'd invite me to premiere. I'd see him. And then up until I saw him a week before... He died. Um, I went to this play with him, and I realized after he died, when people were talking about him, that that he was just like that with everyone. Really? Like he was, he had time for well, because I heard his castmates on um, uh, the Harry Potter things talking mm. about him, and and he he was that kind of guy. So I I mean I went on some weird tangent, but the point was that. That was a step where he, I remember when I moved to L.A. and I didn't know how to drive, he, like, set me up with, he he got me friends yeah. in L.A. to help <laughs> me and, like, to teach me how to, like, go into the studio thing. And I was very scared of driving at the time here. So that, and then a movie called Cosmopolis, which was a David Cronenberg movie. Cool. That was a big step in terms of, 
Um, I mean, the cast was insane. And yeah, it also took me to Cannes for the first time. Um, and so it was all these little like step up things. And then it's funny because before Shit's Creek was the first time in my life that I had, I didn't work for like almost almost a year. I was starting to be like, oh my God, what am I going to do? My first thought was obviously prostitution because um, <laughs> yeah. I've never done anything else. Um, I mean, than acting. <laughs> <laughs> than acting. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, yeah, but. no, okay. Yeah, thanks. Um, but so, yeah, it was actually really scary. I'd just gotten divorced. I had... Literally, I had $800 in my account. Really? And I was moving into my friend's closet. Um, it's a walk-in closet. She had a bed in it, so it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but, and then, um, like, I got a call for to audition for Shit's Creek and got that. Changed my life. Because um, Well, basically, because I, I didn't, I wasn't living anywhere. I just, like divorced, had my storage unit. Um, it was a really nice storage unit. It was very clean. Yeah. Um, and um, But then I got that, and the minute I went to Toronto, then I auditioned like two weeks later for 12 Monkeys and uh, got that. And my agent had done, my Canadian agent, who had to take me, um, she had done an amazing thing with my contract for Schitt's Creek, was that like when it was like a, a just a Canadian show at the time, and this kind of thing about Netflix and everything wasn't really happening then. So she was like, uh, you, "I don't want you to just do a Canadian show that would only be on the CBC and be stuck in that." And so she somehow made it so I could do another show if it didn't conflict. Um, and I was the only one who was allowed to do it. Like I don't know, she's she's really good. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I was allowed to do that show. It ultimately did conflict. <laughs> In the last season of Twelve Monkeys, I shot shits during the day. I would take a van to shoot Twelve Monkeys at night, and then go back to shits in the morning. Best time of my life. Everyone was so nice to me. <laughs> like the ads would be like, "Here, there's we've made you a bet. You have 15 minutes." No way. Yeah, that was amazing. Okay, I want to take a quick break, and then oh, I want to- Oh, yeah, because I've been talking so much. No, 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 so no. Much. No, because we got to play ads and stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some Milano cookie ads Oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, but when we come back, I really want to dive into Schitt's Creek, because I'm a huge fan of that, okay? Oh, good, you've seen the show. Yes, I have. <laughs> Everyone's seen the show. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. 
Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Wells cast, uh, Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek on the show. She plays Stevie. If you haven't watched the show, then I don't, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. It's one of the biggest shows uh, out there right now. Um, I want to jump into Schitt's Creek because, as with all things American, we were way behind the curve on this. So, was it huge? Like, Because it's huge in America now. Was it huge in Canada? And then someone was like, hey, what about, what about this show up there? <laughs> That's a great about. Um, no, you know, it was big in Canada, but like as big as things get in Canada, it wasn't, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised. Well, not surprised. I mean, it's just like, it was, it was one of the big, shows in Canada, but that's that's kind of like everything on the CBC is like a big show in Canada. Um, but no, there was definitely a time when it went from being kind of an um, uh, inside industry thing where there was a lot of people in the industry who were watching it and, and would say they liked it and stuff to I came back after Christmas one time and like went into Bed Bath & Beyond and it's a whole different experience for me. Yeah. It's like it was everywhere and I do think it was, there was something political about it. It felt like people there was bad times mm-hmm. and then people needed something good and good hearted and not cheesy good hearted. Like it's genuinely funny but it's also like I mean Dan's de- decision 
I can't say the word decision all of a sudden. <laughs> a decision to make um to to make Shit's Creek a place where there's no homophobia, I think is such a maverick move. Um, because I would think if you wanted to address an issue, you would be like, um, make them have somebody who's homophobic and deal with it. And but no, he made this world where it just doesn't exist and it's great. And so I feel like there's so much of that goodness that the show puts out that I think people need it at the time. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, and also, I don't want to pigeonhole all small towns, but generally really small towns, at least in these United States, they are less, um, I don't know, liberal about. Yeah, because you're not exposed to as much. Yeah. And I think what's so great about that, too, is Dan was like, I never want Schitt's Creek or the townspeople to be the butt of a joke, which is so interesting like to even think that far ahead it's such it's not usually done like that usually you'd be making fun of like uh this townie stevie who just did i mean i make fun of her but yeah yeah so um no i think he treated everything with such dignity and yet it's still super funny so I imagine, I'm not sure, but I imagine that Eugene is like acting royalty in Canada. Yes, him and Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did you sign on the show? Like, let's go to the beginning of the show. Did you sign on the show because they were all a part of it? Or did you read a script that you were like, holy shits creek, this is funny? Um, I signed on because I was poor. Yeah, okay. And I had yeah, we no were, place to live. We were live. considering prostitution at some point. <laughs> yes, but also I was like, thank God this is the thing that came along. Yeah. Because if it was porn, I probably would have taken it. <laughs> um. So, no, I actually, like, at the time, I had been in L.A., and I suddenly got this, like, anxiety auditioning. I was breaking out in hives, and so I didn't want to, ooh, I banged that, sorry. Um. I didn't, I couldn't go into auditions, and I told my agent, I'll just put myself on tape. And Schitt's Creek came along, and she's like, go in the room. They're Canadian. They're nice. Um, <laughs> so I, I went in, and I auditioned, and then I got a call back. And I'd actually worked with Catherine before. We'd done a movie together, and she helped me get my green card. She was so love, kind of like Alan Rickman. She was so lovely to me. Um, but I didn't – I we never saw a script I just, all I knew was what I read in the auditions, the sides, and I knew that it was Catherine and Eugene. I'm huge, like, Waiting for Guffman is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I signed on because of that as well. Um, but I, I didn't, it really was, and I hate to say just a Canadian show, but it just means that, like, only Canada on the CBC was going to see this show at the time. And then the world changed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I did like the knowledge of the show only being in like on Canada's air take away some of the anxiety of it for you. Um, well, is that a negative it... or a positive? Looking at it, um, I mean, for me, it was a ne- uh, there was no anxiety of it for me. I have more anxiety about auditioning than okay. working. Well, I want to go back to um the cast because the cast. Like, I, I mean, I'm not the one making these decisions, but if you told me that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and Dan were going to be on a show, I would be like, okay, let's, I, I'll do five seasons right now on Amazon oh. Prime. Let's go. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just bonkers to me that 
th- it was a, just a, a Canadian well, show. Well, you know, they pitched it to all kinds of networks yeah. in the States, and they ended up, and nobody really took it. And they ended up in Canada, I think, also because they got a lot more control that way. Yeah. They were allowed to do exactly what they wanted, which I think is so great because knowing I was doing a show that had a studio behind it mm-hmm. at the same time, and there's just so many cooks. And with this show, this was Dan, like, yeah. really Dan. And also, though, when you say, like, signed on to a show with Dan, Eugene, and Catherine, like, Dan wasn't Dan at the time. Like, yeah. you didn't know that he was this amazing as a creator and writer and like his hands are in everything like from wardrobe to all the writing um so yeah uh, so it's interesting now that america loves it more than canada <laughs> way more than canada yeah um when yeah i know that like they tried to sell it here <laughs> so now that america loves it <laughs> It's ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't want us yeah. at the time. That is a good... <laughs> God. The most American thing ever. Yes, right? right? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so this is the last season. Yes. How do you feel about it? Well, I've had a lot of time to feel a lot of things about it. Yeah. We shot, we finished in June. Um, and then Dan, as a wrapped gift, got... Um, Got us a villa in Tuscany oh, wow. to say goodbye at, which was really, I mean, not generous. Um, <laughs> so we ended the show, and what's been great is we've been doing these tours, so we get to see each other, and kind of, it didn't feel like it was ripping a date off saying goodbye, um, but it was sad, and I, I think all of us didn't believe it at first. We were all like, no, he's just, he's not doing this, but... Yes, and it was, now I think it's the greatest thing ever. Because it really, like, now that I know how it ends and everything, and he always envisioned this, and and so many shows also don't get the chance to even know if they're going to end. So, like, they just get canceled. This, he has the opportunity to end the show on, on his terms, but also, like, in a way that respects all the characters and the audience, and it's it's definitely a satisfying ending. Yeah. I mean, you're going to cry, but you're going to laugh, too. (laughs) Are you satisfied, like, that it's over, or would you you keep on going, knowing the ending? Um, okay. Well, I would keep, I would go for one year just so we could get paid that kind of money yeah. that you get paid when people want you to do the show again. Because we, you know, we, we worked Tuscany in- Tuscany money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we worked in Canada. We made Canadian dollars, which are equivalent to seashells. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I would go maybe one more, but, but Dan's, Dan's right. Like the way it ended. And I remember him saying to me, he's like, you know, these a lot of shows go on forever, and Stevie would end up uh, doing being a nurse somewhere at something. How would you like that? And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I love. <laughs> but um, no, it's the right thing to do. I feel really good about it and how it's ended. It's so. I think we all love our characters and love all of all of each other's characters, and they've been done right by. So mm-hmm. it's nice. Now going to like individual actors because. I mean, like, it, the show is just so, so funny. Who is the funniest, like, on set and then off set? No one's really funny. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> um, 
You know what? Like, I find Eugene the funniest, but because when he's not being fun, like, there's this thing where he'll just, like, keep talking and keep talking. And and the dynamic between Dan and Eugene as father and son is hilarious to me, so I find that very funny. Okay, so explain that, though, because that is very interesting. Well, um, okay, here's a great example. Okay. Uh, I, I was doing a scene with Eugene, and Dan came over to give him a note, and Eugene was like, oh, okay, and he went, and he took the note, and then he like looked up to see Dan watching to be like, did I do it? And Dan's like on his phone texting, and, and Eugene's like, uh, uh, and um and and Dan's like yeah yeah it was great great and so there's there's that dynamic where sometimes there's like a role reversal in terms of um yeah I don't know it's it's just it's it's sweet Eugene is so sweet funny mm-hmm. um yeah who's you know who's the funniest it's like when we go on tour and we play games then we're all pretty fun like we do impressions of each other and mm-hmm. um so. Catherine is hilarious at that. But I would say Chris is probably the one who makes everyone laugh mm-hmm. because he's so crazy. <laughs> and he'll just start, he really gets Eugene. Like, there are times when we haven't been able to finish a scene because Chris has made Eugene laugh. Yeah. Um, so now that it's ending mm-hmm. and everyone's very sad, what do you, what's happening next for you? Um, well, I, I just, um, I did this movie that I, it was my first time executive producing, wow. which was exciting. It, it's a horror movie, um, but it was weird because the script came to me, and usually I think when something, an offer comes to me, it's going to be terrible, especially a horror movie. Um, but I read it, and I'm like, this is so good. Um, it's so well written, and but I wanted it to be done like really the way I wanted it to be done. So I was like, I'll be on this if I can executive produce it and uh so just finished that and it's in post and it's kind of like hereditary in that kind of way okay um my voice is getting better better yeah. <laughs> um for yeah. a good time tonight yeah <laughs> oh my god that's gonna be that's my next job that's <laughs> yeah. what we're working on next um no and i'm i'm developing this thing that i'm not allowed to talk about yet but okay. it's like the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me in my life <laughs> okay well, th- thanks for that there. tease. There you go. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the name of the of the horror film? Uh, it's called Home. Okay. Yeah. And do you have? Is there a distribution method? We just finished. They're cutting it still. Okay. So it's yeah. Okay. Um, Emily Hampshire, thank you so much for thank- stopping by the Wells Cast. Thank you so much. I want to do radio. This is <laughs> you get to snack. You get to yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Well, we get paid in what's worse than Canadian dollars? Seashells. Mm. Um, like gift certificates. Yep, that's what actually, <laughs> actually, that's what it is. Uh, guys, if you haven't um, seen Shit's Creek, it's on Netflix, and go watch all the seasons because the final season um, is uh, premiering on uh, tomorrow. Yes. Holy crap. Yes. Um, well, let's do rapid fire real quick. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, it's tomorrow on Pop because- Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people, like, I know a lot of people watch it on Netflix, but if you're a first uh, first responder, no, you're a first, what are those people who go buy the Apple things? You're a first whatever. You're a first person, you watch mm-hmm. it on Pop. Okay. <laughs> you're for, I like first responder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
There's an emergency. Yeah, I yeah. have to go watch this great. I'm going to be there first. Rapid fire questions oh, with Emily Hampshire. Oh, God. Uh, this might get dirty, though. This isn't live, right? No, it's sometimes not. I have sexual Tourette's. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, we already did Kiss. We know it was... Um, Corey Nath. Corey, yeah. Uh, first concert. Uh, Ani DeFranco. Nice. Oh my God, I'm such a lesbian. <laughs> oh, I didn't know then, though. <laughs> you knew after that show, though, I'm sure. No, I didn't, which is so dumb now. I'm like, if all the signs were there. <laughs> uh, first job. Uh, oh, oh, are you for the dark? Yep. First car. Oh, oh, uh, Volkswagen Passat used. That Alan Rickman taught you how to drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, by the way, that is the that Snape uh, taught you how to drive is the funniest part of this whole podcast. By the way, <laughs> love him. Uh, celebrity you've been mistaken for. Oh, oh, uh, that Taryn Manning girl. Okay. Like, oh, and Parker Posey. I used oh. to get that. I've that's in print. Actually, it's like a, a chubbier Parker Posey. Um, <laughs> Canada's Parker Posey. So yeah, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve. Oh, uh, loud noises, okay. loud noises. Sorry about this. Not, not the, like, okay. it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah, And Tori sneaking that's up behind not really, you. That's not really a pet peeve, though. Oh, oh, a chewing sounds. Yeah. Oh, my God. Eating, like, bagel and cream cheese, like, the, the moist and the, and people eating with it. I broke up with somebody because of that. <laughs> I wish we were recording. Do we have audio no, of her eating no, the banana cookie before? No, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I'm so, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I was so hungry. Uh, so, uh, who would bail you out of jail? Uh, my agent, Danny. Okay, the last person you texted on your phone. Oh, Jesus. Um, can I look? It has to be Robert. Who was it? Who, who was Who was the last person? <laughs> Bobby Burke. Okay. Do you know who Bobby Burke is? Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> he's he's from Queer Eye. Oh, yeah, he's okay, okay, yes, the guy who does the designing. Yes, I do. And I like that that was an impressive... Answer. That, that's good. And, and my fiance is so mad at me right now for being like, I don't know anything about it. Uh, who's the most famous person on your phone? Um, Sigourney Weaver. Wow. <laughs> that is good. Uh, Emily Hampshire, thank you so much for coming on thank the Thank you Cast. so much. I really want to work here. <laughs> Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.